You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This week's episode of Millions of Screens is brought to you by the Savannah College of Art and Design. SCAD ATV Fest celebrates the best in must-see TV and streaming media. This year, they're bringing the stars and shows you love straight to your devices in an all-virtual experience February 4th through 6th. Catch inside looks at hit shows like The Goldberg, Superstore, It's a Sin, The Unicorn, Queen Sugar, and more. And go behind the scenes with stars like Brian Cranston, Cynthia Revo, Chrissy Metz, Javicia Leslie, and the makers of Murder on Middle Beach. For nine years running, the preeminent University for Entertainment Arts has showcased the best of the small screen to fans and students. Don't miss live premieres, interactive programming, and special screenings. Passes are on sale now. Tune in at ATVFest.com. This is the millions and millions of little screens. Can't you shut up? I'm busy. Boy, what a great show. Hello and welcome to Millions of Screens. I'm Kid Bruce Leo Garcia. Joined via Zoom by TV Awards Editor Libby Hill and TV Deputy Editor Ben Travers. Today, we're going to be talking about the TCAs. And finally, we'll answer the question, independent TV. What is it? Glad this is going to be our shortest episode ever. Skipping ahead to the clicker, our recap of the biggest news items from this past week. Guys, TCAs. Guys. Guys, TCAs are starting today. How how is this virtual edition of it running, and how bogged down are you in various virtual uh, panels and seminars? It's not great, Leo. Not great at all. Ben, why don't you give people the rundown on 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 what's happening with TCA and what they've done to it, and how this well, is another thing the pandemic has ruined. Uh, it, it is definitely another thing the p- pandemic has ruined, mainly because um, I can't have my coveted uh, Langham Huntington Hotel morning eggs. Uh, they always have breakfast. Their eggs are magnifique. Uh, I miss them greatly. Um, and that's because obviously uh, the pandemic has limited in-person events. Um, so we're doing everything virtually just like we did back in July, or I believe it started in July uh, for the summer 2020 edition. Uh, This year we had a little bit more time, or I should say the TCA board had a little bit more time to um, kind of plan things out and find dates for as many networks as possible, which has led to an expansion of the schedule. uh, Whereas TCAs are normally every day, day after day, subsequent days for two weeks straight, maybe like a day break, half day break, that's maybe um, this year they actually have multiple days off and they're going to run all the way through the beginning of March. Um, so we're going to have a lot of kind of intermittent TCA panels uh, to hear what the networks have in store. And frankly, I think that's fine. Um, I, I think that <laughs> the most important thing is to just, is to just know what the networks are prioritizing. 
know what the networks are going to be able to share with us because it does feel like, you know, again, the pandemic is causing a lot of disruption. Uh, so we don't know what's returning. We don't know what new shows are able to air. We don't know what's ready, what's not. Um, so any clarity they can provide uh, is definitely helpful. So, um, so yeah, we're going we're gonna to be going through that. NBC is Tuesday as we're recording this. Uh, CBS is the next day. Then I believe we have a break until uh, the following week. Uh, where there's some some more networks on the schedule, including plenty of cable. Uh, Apple TV Plus is going to be there. Um, there are a lot of questions sort of looming. And if there's one thing to take away, I think, from these sessions spread over the next six weeks, it's uh, getting a better idea of what, what the TV forecast looks like, um, which is invaluable at this point. Of course, the, uh, the catch-22 of that is that if there wasn't a pandemic going on, we would be in person and it would be much easier to kind of, uh, you know, go up to our favorite PR representatives and network executives and kind of get, uh, even for our own, you know, insider knowledge, right. uh, kind of tips on where it's going to go. And, and the virtual version of that makes that all but impossible, which you'd have to email someone or arrange a Zoom session or something like that. But um, again, if the pandemic wasn't happening and prohibiting that, then we wouldn't have these questions. So here we are. And a lot of the times uh, there are certain things they just don't want to put in writing. Um, they're willing to tell right. you just for your own like background information, but they don't want a paper trail going around of, of you know, something that can come back on them. So um, that's been a real, that, that has been a real struggle within the industry, I think is, um, keeping up those connections and, and keeping the flow of information um, going so that we're all as informed as we can be. Just today were the Indie Spirit nominations, uh, the 36th Independent Spirit Awards. And for the first time ever, they had television categories. Uh, some of the, the big winners, it seems, were I May Destroy You, which was nominated for Best Scripted Series, and then also for Best Ensemble Cast and New Scripted Series, which I think is a special award that they, they have already won or been honored with. But yeah, wh what are your guys' thoughts on the, the four categories at the Indie Spirits, TV categories, Indie Spirits? What surprised you? Uh, and this will lead us to our meet, but we'll, we'll talk about what independent television is. But yeah, just knee-jerk thoughts on these, on these nominations. Well, let me start. There are there are five categories that were announced today. Four are um, competitive. There is best new scripted series, best new non-scripted documentary series, best new female actor, and best new male actor. Um, and then there is a best ensemble award. But the best ensemble award is chosen and announced from one of the casts of the nominated best new series. So it's a little convoluted, but it kind of makes sense. I May Destroy You was one of the shows nominated for best new series. So they were in direct competition with uh, a cast of Amazon's Small Axe from, um, from our good friend, Steve McQueen. Little America, so yeah. uh, Apple TV Plus's Little America. Yeah. Hulu's A Teacher and Netflix's Unorthodox. FX on Hulu's a teacher. Oh, sorry. Forgive me. Yes. No, no, no. That's <laughs> fine. It's a little hard to keep track. Um, so all of the, all of those nominees, the, uh, the independent spirit, the film independent uh, committees decided that I may destroy you is, is the ensemble winner. It was a weird one. Ben, do you want to comment first or should I jump right in? Uh, I would just say that uh, in terms of treating this as a typical awards nominations morning, uh, I'm a little disappointed 
that our beloved television series devs didn't make the cut, though I could definitely see why they would look at that FX on Hulu property and say, you're a little too shiny and nice uh, to be considered like a, a, a smell test to pass the smell test for independent series. Um, but then I would also say that, you know, where is the babysitters club that would have been uh, lovely to see included. Uh, Got to throw out some love for the new Pope. I know technically it is a new show because it's a new title, new series, just using pre-existing characters. So it should have qualified. I don't know. If no, had. it wouldn't. And then a, no, it should have though. And then of no, course, it wouldn't. Um, <laughs> it also I mean, like be, wouldn't technically have. I it feels like it might be too shiny. Well, yeah, and it's uh, definitely way too expensive. It's beautiful. It was shot in Europe. I mean, uh, I know, but yeah. that, doesn't expensive. that go against? Doesn't that go against the whole premise? Well, we're going to get Spirits? into that. All right, we're they weren't on on location. They didn't go to the Sistine Chapel and shoot in that room. They recreated it, which actually would cost possibly. Yeah, what the hell? It's hard to say. Uh, and then, what of course, strange uh, argument. What a strange angle to take for that argument. Uh, I re- could find they, a way in if I needed to. They rebuilt the Sistine Chapel. Not How that expensive, expensive. Could that be? They used it in multiple episodes. I mean, it's a it's a fixture. It's just like they built a set for a one off, like yeah. for a multicam sitcom. The new Pope is basically a multicam sitcom. I will write the article. I will. Make the new the Pope argument. is New Girl. In this essay, I will. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there. That's good. I, I like it. And then um, I would just say that that this will lead us, I think, nicely into uh, part of the next conversation in terms of the methodology, but. A number of series that were nominated in the performance category, uh, I would have loved to see appear in the series category. Uh, P Valley being very high on the list. Uh, Never Have I Ever, uh, also very high on the list. Uh, My Beloved, We Are Who We Are, which is technically uh, actually, no, that's an ongoing series. It just depends on if HBO picks it up or not. Uh, And then Work in Progress, our beloved, our all-time super fave work in progress with from Abby McEnany on Showtime. Um, so Libby, do you want to discuss a little bit of how these series were chosen uh, based on uh, what metrics and, and rules and, and barometers by the film independent board? Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that because you know, we aren't technically film critics or film reviewers or film uh, experts, but, from my understanding of the Film Independent uh, Spirit Awards, uh, they are generally looking to celebrate small films. Uh, the most best, the best known thing is it's it's features that are um, have a budget of less than, as of 2019, $22.5 million. I think that's very clear. It's a very clear line for what the, the, the threshold of what they will consider. Now, there's a lot of variance within that. Um, $22.5 million is not no money, but if you want to uh, make a competitive feature uh, in Hollywood, it's, 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 it's not much. Um, for, con- for context, some of the big winners last year were uh, The Lighthouse, Uncut Gems, The Farewell, uh, Booksmart, um, th- those right. are sort of the, the scripted films that won at last year's Indie Spirits. Very small, very intimate. And, and that's, uh, that's great. Like that is what we picture when we picture the Independent Spirit Awards. You're picturing something, uh, it's not a blockbuster, it's not a sequel. It's very straightforward. It's, it's original, it's from fresh voices and, and, and auteurs. So 
uh, Film Independent decided to add TV categories to the Spirit Awards, which is awesome. There's so much crossover between film and TV. Basically, they're, they're, they're playing in the same sandbox. They're very different in a lot of ways, which uh, we're going to find out how, uh, if you didn't know the differences between film and TV. Uh, but the main difference between the eligibility for the TV awards and the film awards is that there are no budget restrictions whatsoever, at least posted in the guidelines that I could find on Film Independence website. So what does that mean? I don't know. I mean, I do know, but I know it, it, it gets to something that Ben said about it's less about what is actually close to being independent, to being small scale, to being uh, something worth um, like lifting up. And it turns into something like, well, this feels like, uh, <laughs> I think I wrote in uh, my piece about it, I wrote that uh, if something feels like it could have been an independent film in 1994 that was made for like $5 million, like then, then that will be considered. That's point one. Let me add point two before we circle back and, and kind of discuss a pullback and, and talk about it as a whole. The other thing about this is that Film Independent has opted to only focus on either the first season of a new series or a limited series that aired in 2020. That's tough because again, and I mentioned this before, TVs aren't movies. Um, TVs, TV was most, I would say most TV stories were not built to be eight episodes. Uh, there are some, uh, most are built to come back and revisit and have a new chapter added and, and, and to be telling stories that, that arc not only through a season, but through a series. And it's oftentimes because, uh, TV is such a demanding medium, not more demanding than film, but different from film. Um, there are, there are times where it takes a couple seasons for a, a show to, to, to find its groove, to like really live up to its potential. So when you are only looking at the first seasons of, uh, of a new show, that's really limiting how much TV you're looking at and how much TV you're celebrating to the end that I think, uh, I, I think they're missing out on sort of the, the the point of all this, which is, is taking the best in television and, and celebrating it. Um, there's nothing wrong with new TV, but you can't award just new TV and say, you know, oh, this is, th these are TV awards. No, they're new TV awards. And also uh, y y they're not independent <laughs> and they're not even close to independent. And if the 12th richest company in the world is backing your play with Apple TV Plus and Little America, it's really hard. There's a huge amount of cognitive dissonance in saying that's independent TV, which is not a slam against Little America. Uh, Little America is great, but I don't know how much it costs. Do you know how much it costs? No, because TV budgets are some deeply held secret we don't talk about it. It's always just rumored. But I think Film Independent could have demanded that. I think they could have been like, if you want to compete for this, like we need your budget info. They should have had some kind of threshold. Yeah, it would have taken a lot of 
work and fine tuning to figure out what that looks like, what, what they would actually consider small scale uh, is different for a hour long drama, for a 30 minute, for a 22 minute sitcom. Like, yeah, it would have been annoying and, and, and irritating and a lot of work, but if you don't do that, then your awards don't mean anything. Like you have to put the work in. You can't just sit for having TV awards if you don't really understand how it works. I mean, couldn't they just do a per a per minute cost? Like that's sort of the way TV is typically thought of, especially in like low budget TV. You are you're looking to see like what's your cost per minute. That's a great uh, point. And you could and that that way you would you would essentially have an even breaking point across uh, an eight episode limited series, uh, a twenty two episode you know sitcom. Um, y- there'd be a, a sort of even breaking point. And for the for the film side, it, you know, they're not there's no discerning between what's a drama, what's a comedy. It's just like it's a flat number. So you just have a flat. Here's your per minute cost. If you're above. $12,000 per minute, you're, you're not allowed to, to, to enter for, for series. Um, but yeah, I, I think there, there is something interesting. I do agree with your point, Libby, about like oh, no. shows needing, needing, needing a season to grow. But I, I kind of see why they, to differentiate themselves, they would say we only want new series and limited series because then you don't have Rami succession. You don't have this. You, should, you, should, you have the problem that, you know, the Emmys and all other oh, yeah. television awards have was like, the usual suspects show up every year. The, the Indie Spirits TV awards are going to essentially have a new crop every year. You only get one shot. I, I, I would argue that. Uh... I mean, I mean, I just mean, I just mean from a differentiation. I, I agree oh, with yeah. Libby's point that like, it's not, it's not right because shows typically grow and get better over time. So essentially saying if, you, if you're not hot out the gate, uh, we're, we're not going to let you in. I think there are alternate ways to differentiate yourself. Even if you just said, we're only going to nominate you once, that would kind of fix the problem. So then you'd, you'd actually be able to open up your consideration to all of television. And, and that's one of the things that bothers me about the Film Independent Spirit Awards and how their, their first year has, has dealt with adding TV categories. It's that they don't seem all that interested in honoring television. They seem interested in... Uh, including things that a lot of the fan base of, uh, of independent film might watch on TV, like the kind of things that they would choose to engage with and thus be excited to see included at the award show. Like but a they collection don't of actually... five films? <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> what? A what? collection of five films. A collection films. of five films. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, very much so. Um, but, but also just the, that same kind of mentality that we talked about when we, when we discussed letterbox, like it does feel like a lot of these would pass the letterbox text and, mm-hmm. um, our, our old colleague, Michael Schneider, uh, did an interview with, uh, independent spirit awards, president, John Walsh. And, uh, this was when they first announced they were going to do TV awards and Walsh did say, like he used the actual term smell test in terms of how they were going to gauge what was or wasn't independent television. They were like, a lot of it's gonna come down to that. And considering all of the all of the, all of the complications that we've already listed, part of that is somewhat understandable. So like, I, I can see why, you know, somebody who has already kind of dealt with the whole Netflix of it all and the whole Amazon of it all, where yes, they are 
acquiring a truly independent movie from a film festival, or, you know, they are paying for part of it themselves, uh, but they're keeping the budget very low and they, they're, you know, it's more of an experiment for them. It's more of like an, an artisan play uh, than a big blockbuster play. You know, they've already engaged with that. So they're willing to let those people come in, even when, you know, their marketing budgets are not part of the, 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 uh, the elimination rule requirement. So Netflix and its huge reach and its huge spend uh, can push the shit out of uh, all of their independent movies, whereas, you know, other uh, distributors and producers don't have the kind of means to get that done. But that's, again, another conversation. But to me, like the, the idea of, of only honoring new series as opposed to honoring um, new series every year, that just seems like such an important distinguishment to make. And I think we'll get into this a little more when we start talking about, you know, independent television as a whole, that that specific honor and, and the way that they're focused on honoring TV this year seems so far removed from what television really is and what makes television really good. As Libby uh, wrote very clearly and wrote very well and discussed you know, moments ago, you lose what we do in the shadows season two when you don't consider that sort of thing. You lose the leftovers season two when you don't consider that sort of thing. And, you know, I'm going to talk about that in every every single thing that we possibly can. But honestly, like even just in the moment, it feels like the leftovers is one of those things where like, I don't know where that fits. Is that something that would that would be an independent TV show? Season two is certainly much more independent film minded. It's much more of the smell test of like, this is an artisan play as opposed to a mainstream play. It definitely would check the kind of, uh, like weird, challenging, dark drama of, of the independent film world as opposed to being a big budget thing, but it's completely backed by HBO. It's got the same backing that Game of Thrones had. and No one would pretend that Game of Thrones was an independent series. Um, so it, it just gets into this, it, it gets us into the weeds of like, what is independent television and why can't we look at it the same way we look at independent film? Like the the, the, the creation of it, the marketing of it, the the, the industry for it. They are completely different things. And it felt like the Spirit Awards were just like, we may know that, but we don't want to acknowledge it whatsoever. And that was very frustrating to, to deal with since they announced their new TV award. But the other thing is, there is something about this that strikes me as such a film-centric view to take on television. Because it's like, no, like your story takes place in this year and that's it. Sequels aren't getting nominated for Independent Spirit Awards. <laughs> Franchises aren't getting nominated for Independent Spirit Awards. Um, there's just not, that's not what they're doing. That That's not what they're built to do. They want a very uh, concise and con condensed story, like a film, like an eight-hour film. And uh, they don't, that is what they have built uh, their awards to celebrate to that end of the five series nominees, one, only one in each is technically uh, not a limited series. I, but then you have been, I was gonna look this up <laughs> because um, this, this, this was something I was wondering about. Um, we talk about independent film a lot, but specifically we were talking about independent TV last year. So when I, work in progress was it like exactly today that i published the podcast i feel i feel like it was last i think it was before last year's sundance or right because we that's i think that's what the impetus to the conversation was i feel yeah. like that's what it was 
Oh, it was. Okay. Uh, that the headline was, can Sundance spark, can Sundance shepherd in an era of independent television published January 31st, 2020. So here is our annual update on the state of independent television in the world. Uh, now the pandemic edition. Ben, tell us about independent TV and uh, what it is. What it uh, is. Well, well, what is I it? The, the, the first thing to, to say is, is as bluntly as possible. If you're thinking about independent television in terms of independent film, it does not exist. Uh, there is not a market comparable to the independent film market. There are people out there who are making pilots. There are people out there who are making web series, who are making um, serialized narratives uh, that are you know, designed to appeal to television and to get them jobs in television. But as we've learned through various uh, TV festivals and film festivals that include TV, uh, a lot of the focus, even when they're trying to highlight those, those series at a festival, is it on getting the series acquired? It's not on getting it, like bringing it, you know, from a festival audience to a national or worldwide audience. It's almost like a, a talent situation where they'll, you know, they'll see something that they really like. They'll understand that this person can do, uh, you know, this kind of storytelling well, and they'll put them in a writer's room or they'll get a manager or an agent or a development deal. Um, but it's very rare that something actually, you know, goes from a pilot at, a festival or even a pilot that's just produced out in the world uh, to TV screens. Like off the top of my head, do you think of like, it's always sunny where they kind of shot that thing on their own and then, you know, got it into the right hands and ended up turning it into uh, a thing for FX that's lasted now the, the longest of any sitcom uh, ever. But work in progress, as you mentioned, is a great example of what the state of independent TV isn't really like, sadly. Like, it's a great example of, of the system working out really well. But as you mentioned, Abby McEnany made this pilot herself. Uh, once she made the pilot, it got picked up into the Sundance Film Festival. Uh, and before it even premiered at the Sundance Film Festival, Lily Wachowski and the production company Circle of Confusion got on board and were like, we want to develop this and try to build this out. And then shortly after its premiere at the Indie Episodic Film Festival, Showtime ordered it to series. They kept the pilot as is. They built off of the pilot and created a season. And now season two is coming out. And for the longest time, I thought this way. And I thought that's how independent TV is going to operate. That's, that's how it's going to work out. But it's, it's really kind of the exception that proves the rule. That's a really difficult thing to do. It's a really difficult thing to make a pilot um, in general, and it's very difficult to meet one that actually, you know, meets the time requirements, uh, the, the technical requirements, the Looks formal good. kind of gloss. Yeah, like the just the that you don't want to recast somebody, that you don't want to, you know, uh, shoot it with a different camera. That you know, you, it needs to look exactly like the next one is going to look, or pretty much exactly like the next one's going to look. Otherwise, people are going to be completely thrown when they try to watch it in order, as so many of us do these days. Um, so that's, that's like work in progress is this thing that I would have loved to see like film independent, almost create a special award for this year to be like, this is the kind of thing that doesn't happen. And this is why we had to set our own rules about what independent television, like what we're going to call independent television. And instead it was like, well, we've kind of got some rules. We don't really know what it is. We're just going to take the things that we feel like are that thing. And I think it would be much healthier if they were to say, we know this isn't a thing. We're not going to operate like a film festival. We're not going to operate like a TV festival. We're not going to be series fest. 
where we, you know, nominate a bunch of actors that you've never heard of and a bunch of shows that you haven't seen, but that you can watch and that hopefully, you know, will get picked up or elevated into the industry. We're not going to do that. We're going to focus on stuff that you've seen. So then they have to set up rules for what that is and then try to define what independent TV is to them um, and then help us define what it is as well. Um, But yeah, like, like to me, I think everything we've talked about so far is pretty much what you have to do. You have to, first of all, recognize it as television. You have to say, this is an ongoing story or this is a long form story. And then you have to, you know, give them room to develop and to find, you know, the show that they want to be and honor it when it is the best that it is. Um, If that's, again, your goal to honor the best of TV. Um, And then when it comes to the independent part, you have to, yes, focus on, you know, the, the stories that are, that are smaller, that are intimate, that are daring, that are, that are diverse, that are, uh, you know, just trying to push things in a new direction that have a vision and that, um, you know, are, are creative in their own shape or form, but you also have to, you know, set some limits and say, uh, we recognize that there are people who are very well off. We're going to say, uh, you know, Damon Lindelof can make pretty much whatever the fuck he wants at this point. And Watchmen may have checked a lot of those boxes, but it's too big. Like that's too much. We're not going to list it as the thing. Um, and you need to make that fairly clear because there are always going to be shows that people disagree on. We're talking about art. We're talking about subjectivity. There's always going to be a disagreement over it. And if it, if it's excluded because it was ineligible, that's important to know as opposed it's excluded because it's not good enough. That's otherwise like, what are we doing here? So it's just, um, there's a lot of flaws in the independent, to me in the in the film independence model in its first year, there's obviously a lot of great things. Uh, they honored a lot of great shows and there's a lot of room to grow. But in terms of answering your question, Leo, what is independent TV? Uh, to me, to me, there is no independent TV. Like it, it's it's the stuff that you don't talk about. It's the stuff you don't see. It's the stuff you find on your own or that you, um, you might see at a festival, you might see out in the world uh, when somebody just reaches out to you and says, I made this thing, I want you to see it. That's, that's truly what independent TV is. But once you've gotten into the, the industry itself and once somebody has big ticket distributors and uh, you know, are appearing in homes across the world, like you're not there anymore. That's not what it is. So I mentioned Little America and Apple TV Plus, and, and that's not a call out of them. Like uh, all of Amazon shows are, are coming from a company even more successful than Apple, arguably. Like uh, if you look at a teacher from FX on Hulu, uh, who both Hulu and FX are part of the larger Disney Kiss and Cousins like corporation that they have going on now there. Like there are a lot of um, deep, deep pockets in TV. And and I recognize that happens in film too, but so much of that is distribution as opposed to um, production in many cases. But that's why I think, you know, you kind of have to do the, the dollars per minute thing um, or else things just get, I, I don't know. I, I was so excited and I am still so excited that Indie Spirit, uh, that Film Independent has added TV to the Spirit Awards. I think there's a lot of room for improvement. That said, I think they thought they got a great crop of nominees. It was weird that normal people wasn't there. Just going to say that. Bummer. But I, 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 yeah, I, um, our good Lord, Lord Bird, um, sorry, I have 
some gripes uh but no but it was so great like uh uh, the lead, and I, I'm not even going to attempt to um, say her name because it, it is, um, I will butcher it and I apologize, but the lead from Netflix's um, Never Have I Ever uh, is this brilliant young actress, um, was nominated right next to Abby McEnany, and that was just joyous. Those are things that don't happen at other award shows, and that's what I want for the TV version of, of, of the Spirit Awards. Um, I don't know if if we're going about it the right way yet at the risk of dragging this conversation out even further because i think everything that's had to be said has already been said uh you mentioned that that film and tv sort of play like obviously the line is getting blurred they play in the same same sandbox barry jenkins is on the record with anywhere saying it's like he sees no difference between film and television they're both just visual storytelling i think the one big difference is what we're talking about right now and that's sort of like how you produce a thing and how you distribute a thing. And that's why independent television doesn't really exist outside of like, as Ben was saying, you know, like the New York television festival where you have people producing independent pilots. Once in the blue moon, you'll get like an animals that comes out of there and HBO buys it and makes a series out of it. But that's like once every five years, you get something like that or like shrink with Tim Baltz and it ends up on CISO. Those are the kind of things that happen in the independent television world. Uh, just because, and this is going to, this might sound reductive. It's far easier to go out with a, a group of, you know, a crew of your friends and film a 90 minute movie than it is to conceive and then shoot a 60 minute or 30 minute thing that you intend to be 22 episodes or five seasons of 22 episodes. Like there's just, it's, it's a more difficult style of storytelling to say it's going to take five years to tell this entire story or three years to tell this entire story. Uh, Well, it's like, I think it's much, people don't buy seeds for their loved ones. They buy flowers for their loved ones. And a pilot is definitely a seed and uh, a film is, uh, is a flower um, as far as like storytelling's going and, 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 you know, and so much, so much of the machinery is just like Ben's point about distributors. Like you immediately think of certain distributors as like independent cinema. You think of A24, you think of Neon, you think of Focus. Like you're like, these are, these are the independent, uh, uh, distributors, there's no there's no correlation to television. You don't say like, well, AMC is is independent television, or uh, FX on Hulu is independent television. Like they because they all the things they produce run the gamut. Uh, so there's no and to your point, Libby, having Apple TV Plus or Amazon titles on these lists, like it's like then what even does it mean to be independent? Well, I, I would say that again, like I, 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 don't, I, this is why I feel like we need more like stricter, clearer parameters of, of what's being discussed when people are trying to discuss independent TV, because to me, a lot of the time, it does feel like you're just talking about art house TV. It feels like you're just talking about things that, you know, are, are not made for the mainstream. They're made for a very specific audience or they're made Twin for- Twin Peaks The Return? Uh, I mean, Twin Peaks The Return, <laughs> I think would have absolutely qualified no matter what the budget was. So- uh, it's, a, it's an ongoing series, isn't it? I don't know, they call it a limited series for the Emmys, so it's hard to say. It uh, they, don't, they don't want reboots or rehashes <laughs> or re-anything. It would not have been eligible. I don't know. They might have figured out a way to get it in because at the time people were saying it was a film. So then they just would have put it in another category. I don't know. But well, the times um, they change so quickly, Ben. 
they do. They they do and they don't. But I, I I would say that that if you add those the kind of parameters we're talking about, if we're if you if we're uh, going to take the idea that independent television is really the thing, like when you use those words, that's really the thing uh, that exists outside of 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 HBO and FX and the major networks, the major streamers, even though yes, the streamers and, and different cable networks have been looking for art house stuff. Um, that's not what we're talking about. Like independent television is the stuff that exists by independent people who are making it themselves. Uh, and you need to label the other stuff. Again, like I do, I just think you're talking about art house TV and it is, that's when the smell test comes into play. So that's why you need, you need the parameters for what you're talking about. You need to know why you're trying to honor it. And then it does get a little bit easier to say, okay, yeah, uh, Superstore is made for a wide audience. It's a great television show, but it's on NBC for a reason. It appeals to just about everybody. Like it, it doesn't really fit the model of independent TV. And then when you get down to some of the things that, that I have questions about that I've seen other people be like, well, clearly this wasn't eligible. And I'd be like, I don't know, the Queen's Gambit to me doesn't feel like a mainstream thing. That feels like something that should have been eligible at the Film Independent Spirit Awards because it was a fucking show about chess. Like it was a, it was a seven episode limited series with, uh, you know, it's a period story. So that has some expense to it, but it's got Anya Taylor-Joy who broke out because of this role. It's not dominated by stars. It wasn't a huge Netflix production. It's, it's an intimate character story that is about fucking chess, like playing chess. So I just, I feel like, again, if you have those parameters and then you can kind of talk about it, but to me, that show falls in the art house niche. That that falls into the stuff that when people, you know, out in the world talk about IndieWire television or what IndieWire should be covering in, in television, to me, they are talking about those shows. So, uh, anyway. Are you go, you go back and you look at things like uh, kind of the, the, the auteur shows, like Louis, Master of None, Girls, better things like they're they're kind of those those singular multi-hyphenate flea bag like if it's celebrated at other in other awards is it less indie spirit like is it uh if it's really popular if it strikes a nerve and everyone's talking about it, everyone's watching it is it still uh does it still have that independent spirit this isn't like obscenity like you can't go by i'll know it when i see it uh because everyone will define that differently and so if they are going to smell test it, I need to know what they're smelling. And, and, and that, uh, you know, it, it doesn't mean anything to me uh, if they have a bunch of anonymous people being like, sure that, like, but why? Why that and not this? I, I just, I need more. I need more clarity. I need more information. I come back to, I think there needs to be a monetary number. I just think it's, I just think it's insane without that because it, it We've already talked about the fact like there really isn't such a thing as, as independent TV. Yeah, and again, like not the not superstore, superstore, on. superstore per minute might be might cost less than Queen's Gambit or right. uh, oh yeah, that's a standing set. Like or or small acts. They're just paying for the they're just paying for the cast, and yeah. there's no one super famous on it. Again, like if you're gonna invite people to the party, <laughs> you need to know who's not invited and why. Like you need to just. You've just got to set the rules a little bit clearer so that you understand what you're talking about. And again, as someone who's worked at, uh, not, to, not to make this too IndieWire focused, but as somebody who's worked at IndieWire now for seven, coming up seven years, this is a conversation that we've had a lot because at the start of it, it was very much like, what 
is the stuff that we should cover? Like what are, like obviously the stuff that Steven Soderbergh's making with the Nick, that is something we should be talking about because he's in the IndieWire zone. Like he's a prominent filmmaker who makes a lot of independent TV and innovative television. But when do we talk about Bob's Burgers or, or how do we talk about this other thing? And it, and you know, again, that's, that's where the conversation developed from. And this is kind of now the next evolution of it. And, and um, I think when you do talk about these things, it's important to know, uh, you know, where the, where the qualifications are and, and what the labels mean. Uh, otherwise it just feels like a waste of time. Yeah. Like no offense to city. So real then, but I have to imagine that costs more than love is blind. So I'll see you guys back next year to talk yeah. about the state of independent television. We'll see you. We'll uh, see you in a year when Sundance roll when Sundance 2022 rolls around. We'll be back to see what the indie spirits did and where we are in the independent television and uh, world. Independent TV. What? what is it? We found out. I thought. Millions of screens, the production of Penske Media Corporation, IndieWire, theme music feature excerpts of the classic YouTube video of Bjork talking about our TV, and Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Our editor-in-chief is Dana Harris-Brice, and our publisher is James Israel, and our executive editor is Ann Donahue. Our favorite art house TV shows of 2020 include Death, The New Pope, and Better Things. Millions of Screens endorses super niche television, especially from David Lynch. You can find us on Twitter at a million screens at Midwest Spitfire at Ben T. Travers and at Leo Adrian Garcia. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. So leave a review and let us know what you think. This is Ben, Libby, and Leo remind you as always that you shouldn't let poets lie to you. You shouldn't let poets lie to you. Ain't nothing wrong with a couple of cold brews and a cool podcast. <laughs> Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.